Elizabeth Alexandra Mary was 11 years old when her uncle, King Edward VIII, abdicated from the royal throne, chasing his love for a woman that the crown forbade him to be with. Through the line of secession, Elizabeth's father, King George VI, was now the king of the United Kingdom, changing her future and prospects forever. Because now, the newly titled Princess Elizabeth was next in line for the crown, something that she never expected to happen. Following the shocking passing of her father on February 6, 1952, this young woman who was never supposed to be in line for the throne was now Queen Elizabeth II at the age of 25. Queen Elizabeth's reign lasted 70 years and 214 days, making her the longest ruling British monarch and having the second longest reign of any sovereign in history. After the passing of Queen Elizabeth on September 8, 2022, I think it's important that we recognize her role as a leader and learn from how she led 32 sovereign states for over 70 years using her words. Because even though we don't live in the United Kingdom, we can still learn from an admiring and powerful speaker. The God-given promise that all are equal. A date which will live in infamy. Does I have a dream? It is a culture of lack of impunity. Together we will determine the course of America. Hi, I am Ashley Crosby and I am a politically minded gal who believes that words matter. And none matter more than those spoken or used by the individuals we elect to a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. So, in this podcast, I strive to take an unbiased approach to examine the meaning of the words used by modern-day and historical political influencers. So when it is our turn to vote, to govern, and to lead, we are better educated and informed than the generations before us who have left us with a mess. Subscribe and join me on this journey to better understand the impact the words of our leaders have on our future and what we can do about it. From wartime broadcasts to Christmas Day messages, Queen Elizabeth had a large variety of speaking opportunities in the past 70 years. I think it's best to start from the beginning and hear the Queen's first live radio Christmas broadcast in December of 1952. Here's my favorite part of her address. I want to take this Christmas Day, my first opportunity, to thank you with all my heart. Many grave problems and difficulties confront us all. But with a new faith in the old and splendid beliefs given us by our forefathers, and the strength to venture beyond the safeties of the past, I know we shall be worthy of our duty. Above all, we must keep alive that courageous spirit of adventure that is the finest quality of youth. And by youth, I do not just mean those who are young in years. I mean, too, all those who are young in heart, no matter how old they may be. That spirit still flourishes in this old country and in all the younger countries of our Commonwealth. On this broad foundation, let us set out to build a truer knowledge of ourselves and our fellow men, to work for tolerance and understanding among the nations, and to use the tremendous forces of science and learning for the betterment of man's lot upon this earth. If we can do these three things with courage, 
with generosity and with humility, then surely we shall achieve that peace on earth, goodwill toward men, which is the eternal message of Christmas and the desire of us all. In this portion of her total six-minute-long Christmas Day address, Queen Elizabeth was speaking to over 26 million people, with 16.5 million viewers in Great Britain alone, making it the most viewed program in the United Kingdom at that time. From where she recorded in the white drawing room of Windsor Palace, these Christmas Day broadcasts were a very big deal. Because they were an annual event, and beside the Christmas broadcast, Queen Elizabeth only addressed the whole nation five other times in her time as queen. Chris Granlund, the producer of a documentary about Queen Elizabeth titled The Queen at War, states that her broadcasts have become a central part of our national life. She does not do it very often, but when she speaks, it really has an impact. It has a unifying effect. Which is exactly why I chose that portion of her address to share with you guys. Because I think that it really shows how she wanted unity between the people of her sovereign states. And she even sets a plan on how to achieve that. She says that they must build a truer knowledge of ourselves to work for tolerance and understanding among the nations and use the tremendous forces of science and learning for the betterment of the people. That was her plan to achieve peace on earth, and these ideals are still true all around the world today. I'd like to take a leap in time to September 5th, 1997 to one of the five other times that Queen Elizabeth addressed the whole nation for the death of Princess Diana. Princess Diana was married to the son of Queen Elizabeth and heir to the throne, Prince Charles. After their divorce in 1996, Princess Diana died in a car crash a year later, causing heartbreak and controversy throughout the country. Here's a bit of the Queen's speech on the eve of Princess Diana's funeral. So what I say to you now, as your Queen and as a grandmother, I say from my heart. First, I want to pay tribute to Diana myself. She was an exceptional and gifted human being. In good times and bad, she never lost her capacity to smile and laugh, nor to inspire others with her warmth and kindness. I admired and respected her for her energy and commitment to others, and especially for her devotion to her two boys. In this three-minute address, Queen Elizabeth pays personal tribute to Princess Diana about how she was a gifted human being who inspired others with her warmth and kindness. She also thanks her people for paying their respects and their kindness towards the royal family. The Queen uses deeply personal language to emphasize this. She was speaking from the heart as your Queen and as a grandmother to show how she is empathetic in grieving the death of Princess Diana herself. This address is much different from the other ones that Queen Elizabeth has given, not just because of the context in which she was speaking, but also the place. Many special addresses, like the annual Christmas Day broadcast, are pre-recorded in Windsor Palace. This speech was given live from the balcony of Buckingham Palace, where viewers could see thousands of people gathered behind the Queen laying flowers and paying tribute. The day after this address, Princess Diana's funeral was viewed by around 2.5 billion people around the world on their televisions, only 32 million of which were in the United Kingdom. What I found while researching for this episode, which I think is very interesting, is that London has been in what is known as the Operation London Bridge for the passing of Queen Elizabeth. 
This is a 10-day protocol from the British government, which handles everything, from the rules of the following the line of secession, to transporting the Queen's coffin from Balmoral Castle in Scotland to London where her funeral will be. The process goes on day zero, or the day of the Queen's death, on September 8th. The royal household notifies the public of the Queen's death, and Prince Charles immediately takes the throne as King Charles III. On day one, or September 9th, the king announced the period of royal mourning, which will happen until seven days after the queen's funeral on September 19th. There were also two 96-round gun salutes to honor the queen, with one round representing one year of her life. And St. Paul's Cathedral held a prayer and reflection service for the queen. Then, until day 11, this protocol is called Week 1. During week one, King Charles signed to honor the centuries-old oath that upholds the security of government and church in Scotland. At the same time, senior parliament members took an oath of allegiance to King Charles. A procession was held where royal members watched the transportation of the Queen's coffin to St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh on September 12th, which was later transported by Royal Air Force from Scotland to London, ending with day 11, or September 19th with Queen Elizabeth's funeral service at Westminster Abbey, which triggered a two-minute period of silence across the country. Her funeral was viewed by an estimated 26 million people around the world, and around 500 foreign dignitaries attended it, including President Biden, Japan's Emperor Naruhito, and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. After the service, her body was moved to Windsor Castle, where the Queen is buried next to her husband, Prince Philip. Queen Elizabeth had a profound impact on the United Kingdom and the whole world for over 70 years. It is in no doubt that her legacy as a monarch and as a public speaker will live on to inspire others. What we listened to in this episode, her first Christmas Day broadcast, and the address for the death of Princess Diana were two very different speeches that Queen Elizabeth gave, which she used to inspire people through her words. I think that we can all learn from the speaking and leading skills of Queen Elizabeth as we move on in our daily lives and also try to impact those around us. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Please make sure to subscribe and tune in on the next episode where we will go over the drama leading to the November midterm elections. (laughs) 